Angela. And I'm Jay Percy. And welcome to the Afro Animist Podcast. We are two Abir women and animist conjurers exploring witchcraft, healing and psychedelics. The Afro Animist Podcast explores the secular through the spiritual, discussing life experiences through a sacred lens. Here you'll get to hear talk about philosophy, metaphysics, occultism, shamanism, culture, healing, nature, animism, the arts, conspiracies, psychedelics and witchcraft. Nothing is off the table in these discussions which aim to get to the heart of what it means to be spiritual and Afro-diasporic in an increasingly sterile, authoritarian and Eurocentric world. As Afro-Caribbean millennial Londoners, we keep it real whilst exploring the biggest mysteries of our multiverse. Join us in holding this space to cry, laugh, debate, build community and tear down oppressive structures. Welcome, you beautiful, beautiful being of the multiverse, to the Afro-Animist podcast. I'm Jay Percy, the artist. And I'm Nicola. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today so fabulously glad to have you here while we discuss well the title of today's show is spirituality versus the fast life so we're going to be talking about all things natural and spiritual versus i guess the more artificial elements that we have in our day-to-day lives um I would certainly consider to be fast, so food, the fashion, um, the, the medicine, well, I say the medicine, the allopathic medicine, all of these things are really, really fast. And how do these two things compete, especially in our lives where we are animists and we're working so hard to ensure that spirituality is integrated into every or as many aspects of our lives as we possibly can yeah it's a that's an interesting one because i'm definitely part of the fast life i think yeah i think well i mean i'm not gonna lie it isn't like i never shop in primark (laughs) i get my fast fashion (laughs) occasionally i have my fast food you know i I don't know if this is fast, but obviously, like, I Netflix and chill all the time um, yeah. to kind of almost get away. And, and yeah, then yeah. there is that parallel. It's like instant entertainment, isn't it? Instant entertainment. Everything's fast, you know, just just that, that place of being able to, like, sit down, stop thinking, boom, you're there. Um, and then there's this, it, it, there is this space where when it comes to my spiritual stuff, nothing can be like that. I can't do anything in that in that anxious or that that energy um, that actually probably I use quite a lot in the rest of my life. Um, so when it comes to the work and stuff, it is it's always about being able to to find your stillness. If you can't find your stillness, then you you can't you can't focus. You can't feel spirit in that same way. You know, you can't. Or you, sometimes you can't trust necessarily what you're receiving from spirit. So it is. It is a bit of a um, a parallel that the experience. Yeah. Like, what's what's your experience? Do you feel like you you live in the fast side of life? I think it would be incredibly arrogant for me to say that I'm not involved in the fast life. I definitely am. Do you know, there have been phases where it's been way too easy to pop into Greg's and get a vegan sausage roll as opposed to slowly getting all of my vegetables in the morning chopping them up making a salad setting my intentions over the salad bringing that into work and then that being my lunch time it's 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 quicker it's faster to go into Greg's get the vegan sausage roll which I know is infinitely worse for me physically mentally spiritually and then just like choke that down um in a 15 minute period because you know I haven't quite made the space at work on that day for my lunch time to actually sit and be with the food and sit set intention over the food and thank the food I'm talking about food a lot right now I will get onto the clothes in a bit <laughs> but there, there's something very special <laughs> 
there is something very special about I'd say what I was raised as this Christian idea of saying grace before eating your dinner um, now I really didn't like the way grace was said um, in some households I went to growing up you know probably more like Christian family members who had to be this you know it'd be this whole oh jesus christ our lord and savior who died on the cross thank you for this food that you've sacrificed yourself so that we like that always felt like a bit mm. but this idea of like sitting and taking time with the food and acknowledging that even as a vegan and me eating a salad each of these things in my bowl like they're living plants they had their own will and their own volition and it's important for me to take the time to sit over this food and like say thank you for giving me the nourishment in my body for keeping the electricity in my body so that I may move and I may experience this realm and that I may take the time to think my spiritual thoughts and commune with nature and the universe thank you food you don't do that with a Greg sausage roll. You don't do that with McDonald's. You... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine going to like Tottenham, Tottenham bloody McDonald's and just sitting there, like hand, like palms facing up towards the sky, thanking, like, I'm so grateful for this beef burger where there are about 50 different cows who have given their life for this patty so that I may like live and continue. Um, you, you just, <laughs> sorry, you're cracking you me up. I can't see this, but Nikki's like, <laughs> she's like in hysterics. <laughs> but do you, do you get what I'm getting at though? Like there's, totally. there's it, everything you do can be this spiritual thing where you're giving grace. And honestly, I find the more grace you give to everything that you're doing, everything that you're experiencing, even if it isn't the most positive thing, like in your cognizant mind, I feel like manifestations happen a lot faster down the line when you're showing that grace and you're taking that time to show that grace. Um, and with fast food as well, um, you, you've got to really think about the, the whole food chain who's making this so before uh, the last step is it you go going into your gob speeding it down in 15 minutes instead of taking time to eat and like mm, taste and savor before that you've got some person who's making this food what type of state did they wake up in that day were they in a bad mood were they in a good mood are they blissful are they long-term chronically fucked off at life because i strongly feel that that energy it goes into the food that we're eating and this isn't like my own new fandangled belief this is something that's been within the african psyche for a very long time how many times have you heard your grandma uh, caribbean grandmother say don't eat at just anyone's house mm-hmm. it's not just their cleanliness it's the energy you don't just take food from anyone that's a very caribbean thing you don't just take food from anyone i guess classically you would have depending on where you were in a hoodoo region or a voodoo region, or an obia region, someone's going to do something for the, to the food, you know? They're going to put a charm in the food. They're going to put an incantation over the food. So you've got that person who's putting that quick, angry energy into the food. Before that, you've got the, the animal it's come from who's living a quick life. Like, cows are supposed to live for something for, like, 30 years, and we kill them off in, like, two or three or something like that. I think it's even less. So they're living a quick life. They're quickly fattened to get to that point. And before that, any of the feed that is given to them is modified to grow quickly. (laughs) Do you see where I'm going with this? Like there's speed and lack of care all down the chain. And then when it gets to you, you're consuming that quickness, that anger, that frustration, that we've got to get this over the line because profits, because I've, I've got a, dole out however many burgers in an hour i've got quotas to me i'm sadly a part of that i ate the mcplant the other day it was delicious was it i actually <laughs> have been so tempted <laughs> i've been so tempted i never go to mcdonald's but when i saw that the like, this mcplant i thought mm, 
I'm helping to keep the vegan industry alive here. Shitty justifications, I say to myself. And you know, you know it's shitty, but you do it anyway. We all do it. Don't <laughs> worry, we all do it. You're just it, giving me it, so it many was, jokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not plugging McDonald's without them paying us. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I try. I'll just say I tried the McPlant the other day. That's that's it. <laughs> and she recommends it. No. <laughs> Um, no, I totally hear what you're saying. I totally hear what you're saying. And it's just, it's not one of those interesting things. It isn't just in African culture. I know for a fact that in Indian culture as well, it's a similar thing. Um, even the way that we eat our food, the fact that we use utensils, there's this whole thing about the connection with your food starting with your hands, you know, um, and just having, skipping that middleman of the, of the fork then you're immediately connecting with that food. Like whenever, when I was in India and I'm eating with my guru, she's um, like, it's silent. We're in silence. We are totally in the food. Like you don't do anything else. You're not watching TV. You're not having a chat about your day. Like it is about the food. And when you eat with that awareness from my understanding energetically, um, you receive more from your food, which makes a lot of sense. I also met this guy in a, in Peknam. I'm from Peckham. So <laughs> there's this guy and he's actually still there in the old market in, in Peckham. Uh, and he's like mm. a comedic, like he's into all of the Egyptian stuff. So like he, I remember like probably about a decade ago, I went in there and he had this weird, like this metal plate. And if you know what this is called, please, please, please leave us a comment on the Instagram because I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called or where you can find it anymore. But um, he had this plate, a metal plate, and it had like this um, yellow kind of like, I don't know if it was like wax or goo, gooey kind of thing on top of it. And what he would do is he'd put that in his fridge or he'd, he'd buy his shopping and he'd put the food on this plate. And it's like some ancient Egyptian herbal tech, you know, magical technique where it recharges the food. Um, yeah. and there's all these, he was telling about all of these, like the studies that have been done with it, where it actually, um, proved that the nutritional content or something of the food kind of went up. And this stuff I find really interesting because again, with, with cooking and making food, it, it's like everything else. It's like anything else. It's like, if you're going to sit down and do your work and your mind's in another place and how good is your work going to be, even just on a basic level, mm. if you're cooking your food and you're stressed and you're you're not really concentrating on the fact that you're making dinner, then how good is the dinner going to turn out? I, I realise this about myself not being the most adept cook, that I need to have my concentration yeah. there. I need to be feeling good about it. I'm putting love into it. And then it, would, it doesn't matter what I do. I, the ancestors speak to me and it turns out, right, <laughs> if yeah. I'm distracted. They if tell I'm you how, TV, when to stop they tell you shaking when to stop. the salt. <laughs> I saw that on a meme and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is so the truth. Like... <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a really uh, if I'm if I'm distracted, if I'm watching TV or having a conversation, I'm pissed off. Then yeah. it will almost always go wrong. It will never turn out yeah. <laughs> how it's supposed to turn out. Um, and I do. I, I think it's such an important thing. It's an, it's another thing where it, you know praying over food, having that awareness over your food that you are energetically affecting it. Like everything is affected by energy, by our electromagnetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, body um, is affecting the electromagnetic mm. system of the foods and everything that we're using like it's such a I think it's a really important thing to be able to really be with that moment and also to realize that you know feeding yourself obviously is something we have to do to survive so how yeah. do you want to do that um, but again it's super hard to do and I, I bring it back to this survival thing that I talk about quite a lot like most of us are just in survival mode no matter how much you know no matter how much I'm I try shall we say to to live in this kind of way where I have the space and the time you know a lot of days out of the week I'm I'm like fast-paced da, 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 da. like what am I gonna I don't even think about what I'm gonna eat it's last minute kind of thing and then the stress of mm. cooking um this usually will put me off and I'll make the easiest thing probably with like the terrible nu- nutritional content and then even the eating of it I'll do fast or I'll be watching tv mm. and I'm aware of this like, I've literally lived a life where for years I didn't use 
a knife or a fork, I would always eat with my hands, um, where I would always pray over my food. And there are still elements of that in my life now. But it's really good to realise how this fastness um, and this like survival place can just take you off of these things that are actually really like they are the most important things if you think about it yeah um they are. just when you're in survival mode you're in this really material like 3d state of consciousness mm. and it's not in the grounded way not in like i'm connected i'm connected to the beauty of the natural material it's like the dark side of it you get really attached to like the petty shit of the material and when you're you're trying to live this like spiritual life whatever path you're on be it like buddhist hoodoo the red path whatever you're doing when you're in that really like lower state of consciousness it becomes really really hard to interpret the messages that if you're in at your best form you know you know you can trust your intuition on a thing mm-hmm. and um you know they say our intuition our intuition is create is basically our gut it's a gut feeling um and if you're rushing this energy into your gut like on a physical level that blocks your gut and when you've blocked your gut you can't trust yourself it's difficult to trust yourself yeah 100% it's it can be so hard to hear I mean just eating in general (laughs) just eating in general can (laughs) make it really hard to to connect to that place um eating heavy eating meat you know that's why a lot of these things say don't eat don't eat meat or eat really light if you're going to do some you do your practices um I think it's really if you are eating meat make sure you're eating meat that has had that hasn't really been killed in this horrific way or has had a horrible stressful life because you consume all of that stress it passes on to you energy doesn't die well even on like just like just a transmit a hundred percent and even just on a scientific level like they say when they kill um like animals in a farm you're right they've had this really mm-hmm. stressful life so they've had a lot of adrenaline their whole life but also as we know animals are sentient very very aware they're not Mm. these dumb beasts that we've kind of you know maybe been taught and a lot Mm. of them are aware that they're going to be killed now when they have that awareness they have a rush of adrenaline of fear and it ruins the meat they still sell us that meat Mm. and that isn't me just pulling out some hippie shit out of the ether that's literally you know what (laughs) they're saying um and i think that's a really interesting thing i mean i eat meat um and a lot of the time it isn't you know it hasn't it hasn't I I I just know it hasn't come from a great place um and it can be really difficult this is another level of it as well it's like it's not just sitting here going okay well you have to make sure that you make the time to pray over your food to sit to be centered because life unfortunately isn't really like that um and so it's this thing of like the convenience with this is one section a very very important section but one section of what uh, our lives are and it is very com- it's it takes a lot of time to think about the food to cook the food to eat the food to do the dishes <laughs> that whole process um <laughs> is hours and hours a day out of your life so if you're doing other things as well like mm-hmm. if you if you like all of us do have other responsibilities have to work as well as run your house then convenience becomes something that is actually really necessary sometimes um so some so I don't necessarily think it is always bad to have a Greg's vegan sausage roll. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that, you, like you're saying, there's there needs to be an awareness with it. And I know that you wouldn't sit at McDonald's necessarily. And, I mean, I feel like I need to do this now. I might just tomorrow go to McDonald's and sit there and just be like, oh, thank you <laughs> for the beef. Peckham. In the middle of Peckham. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> the comedic guy will come out and be like, yeah, use this plate. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, there is that also old road that. Man. That old roadman, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's not even go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is. It, it's again like all about balance, all about balance. Um, and there's also something else that I found really interesting. 
you know, when you start to go and look into really having healthful foods, um, maybe going mm-hmm. vegetarian or vegan, you know, whatever works for you, then you come across things about, I've come across uh, things that are saying about the actual soil and stuff that we grow our food in. So it isn't just like the meat, it isn't just the animals. It's the way that we farm mm. in general, the way that we produce food in general actually removes a lot of the nutritional content. So we don't have the minerals and stuff in the soil that we're using because we use pesticides and we, we, we want to have the soil only growing certain things. So then the soil itself isn't providing the plants with the full spectrum that we would have or we would have had in in you know however long ago um so there's this whole thing where actually i feel like you can try as hard as you want to try unless you're really growing your own food on like a proper scale then it's incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. to make sure that whatever you're getting is spiritually pure shall we say or like as it should be so the awareness of that and kind of you're right, like being, like praying, like actually, yeah, having a moment, it doesn't have to be longer than 10 seconds just to charge your food, just to pray over it, just to acknowledge mm. that this is something that's sustaining you, I feel like is is really an important thing that a lot of us could learn to do um, because there's not really, sometimes there feels like there's not much else <laughs> in that yeah. regard if you're going to a supermarket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely speak to the soil stuff as well. I have an allotment myself. I've had an allotment since I was, well, I've had it probably five or six years now. So I've I've done experiments on different ways of farming this thing because I'm practicing for owning my own land so that I can go off grid and control my own bid. And the way that we farm, it's all with, um, you know, oil industry based fertilizers or mineral fertilizers that have been mined and if they were consumed by their own would be entirely carcinogenic you shouldn't be around them you have to wear these whole hazmat suits to spray the crops i think it's something like and my partner says this all the time because he between the two of us he's the permaculturalist so he's the one who's really into the gardening i'm more of the hobbyist i'm the amateur it's something like we have the nutrients we have in our food is about 20% of that that our great grandparents had in their food because we're eroding the soil out of quickness and it is literally out of quickness because we need plants to grow at a faster rate so we can feed people more quickly um and we're not using animals to fertilize the land like we used to so there's a whole heap of minerals that aren't going into the soil because literally the animals aren't shitting on the land Um, we even have this conversation between ourselves anecdotally that like how much destruction are we causing by pissing and shitting in toilets because (laughs) the slow natural thing to do would be to go find a bush hidden dig a hole do your business in there cover it over and then that nourishes the plants around the area it's literally Uh, as an animist you talk about giving offerings to the land that is an offering to the land that we're now withholding for the land in favor of chemicals now i completely get we can't have industries where we're spreading like (laughs) our soya fields with everyone's piss and shit i'm pretty sure someone would get e coli pretty quickly but there are whole there are whole like slow systems that we had in place around farming that we no longer have. I can just see you laughing. <laughs> so I think I just I, I love can see you smiling at the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's uh, I, 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 yeah. I'm sorry to get graphic, guys, but this is the the, I, the art of pooing in the wild. You know, the microbes in the soil spend a lot of time slowly breaking that down and distributing the nutrients along their mycelial networks and transferring sugars and nutrients between the trees and plants so that everything is working in symbiosis everything is working in harmony to to exist to thrive to live um so so we're farming with all of these quick chemicals we're not letting the animals poo on the land anymore. We're not having that slow process of the soil 
slowly absorbing those minerals. So we're only eating 20% of the nutritional value that our great grandparents would have eaten. So our cucumbers are significantly less nutritious than they used to be. Our lettuces are significantly less nutritious than they used to be. So we're now getting to a place where we're having to take artificial vitamins because we're literally removing this stuff from the soil in the name of quickness. Um, we have evolved, we are nature, so we've evolved with nature over millennia, which is a slow spiritual process, to be able to absorb certain minerals. What are we doing to ourselves in the long run for future generations, evolution, by speeding up these food processes and eating malnourished food quickly um, and without any slowness in the process that it came into this world. You know, we're not going to see this in our lifetimes. We might not even see it in our grandchildren's lifetimes. It might be 10 generations from now. But I don't like the way it's going. No, neither do I. And let's look at it this way. Okay, over human history, we have had many disgusting, horrible, violent diseases that have wiped loads of us out. And um, we've had people struggling to to eat, to, to all that kind of stuff. But the way that we have diseases now is feels very different to what I've been taught historically as well. So like, even when I was growing up, so like in the 90s, early 2000s, one in six people had cancer. That was the statistics, one in six. It's now one in two. Like, and that to me is one of the most interesting changes because like you're saying, I didn't know that, that we're having 20% of the nutrition that are great. Like when I think about that, it's it's so crazy that we're going backwards in that way. Like, I mean, it feels crazy, but then I feel like there are, we. I mean, we could go deep into this. There are many reasons why that would make sense for that to be the way that we do things um the pharmaceutical industries everything like you know being sick as money Mm. um but it's it's just such a yeah it's such a crazy thing man and I totally agree with you with the whole like compost thing as well it's like you know where where I I stay now there is a cesspit which I don't know if you guys know what that is but it's basically a giant tank in the ground that catches all your wastewater and poo and whatnot and that has to be emptied And I think about it like in a different way than when I just had a toilet that just went straight into the mains (laughs) because there's this whole thing about like, there's a different awareness about the water that I'm using, all that kind of stuff, flushing the toilet. And my, one of my biggest desires is really when I have, you know, my piece of land that I'm, I'm going, I'm going to have a normal toilet because I'm like a 21st century girl. And like, let's be honest, I don't always want to shit in the woods. Sometimes I do, but I will also have (laughs) like like, yeah like a bit a compost toilet and be able to repurpose that waste for for energy and for things that we need I mean I love to take a wild wee I'm not gonna lie I'm a gorilla weir <laughs> are it. you wherever you get the chance you're wild wee. I get a chance babe it's just it's just the best feeling it feels right I'm like this is where I should be taking a piss <laughs> right here in this field <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, just going back to my allotment, we've got we've got um, tropical plants at the allotment in the greenhouse, things that are slightly more cold hardy, and we've got star fruit, and it was really failing, and it wasn't until my partner decided that he was just gonna, you know, sneak look around to see if anyone could see him, and then like piss on the, the star fruit that this thing would actually grow, and it isn't until he started pissing on this thing that this thing like started to bounce back to life it literally needed the nitrogen in his wee yeah well there you go and you can buy that you can go to home base and you can buy it quickly or you can drink the water let it move through the human plant that you are (laughs) in that slow process and then you can pee on your pee on your star fruit it hasn't started producing fruit as yet by the way okay like fruit covered in my partner's piss like no but still (laughs) it's still a baby this is the thing I don't think that's I mean I'm not saying I would jump at eating that I probably wouldn't mind too much but like you know even with my dog now like walking him and you know I walk him through fields where there's crops and things and obviously he pees in there and and again it gives me a different awareness now being out of London Mm. at just how much that must happen 
you know, like dogs pissing all over the crops. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> it isn't about, this is nature at the end of the day. This is a cycle of nature. The taboo with this is, you know, I think the taboo with those things actually pulls us away from really amazing um, potentials that we have to, to repurpose. Like, but yeah, anyway, fast fashion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do want to just say one sign off okay. on, on the, the pee situation before we go. <laughs> like, talking about pee. Um, it's, it's just going back to your wild weeing. It's it's that idea of an offering, and mm. it's the the offering keeps us in symbiosis with nature, which we have been for thousands of years, probably up until the last couple of hundred years or so, where especially in the UK, we got rid of right to roam laws. So we're not allowed to just go onto people or go onto land. You know, you have to own it type of thing. So it's really, really upsetting as an animist for me that these opportunities to have these offerings with the earth, they're, they're just gone. And that's, that's down to the fast life. So fast fashion, what's your relationship with fast fashion? You said you shop at Primani. Yeah, of course I shop at Primani, babes. I can't like it's a it's a it's a question of like um affordability I think for most people actually mm. I would love to be buying completely recycled eco clothes all the time but I can't afford it it's just the reality I mean at the moment I can't at the moment I'm not able to afford it in the future I will be <laughs> but Let, let's change this sentence again at the moment that is not where you are able to put your funds beautiful Jay the manifestation expert um so yeah, the reality change the way you talk you've about got to money change 100% <laughs> this is one of my biggest things um but a lot of the time it comes down to that or ease you know if you need if i need to get some new socks again i'm walking the dog all the time i'm constantly covered in mud i'm it's it's the thing of like just being able to get the things not having to spend too much money on them and use them unfortunately mm-hmm with the quality of these products it means that that's where that's where this this you know the negativity well some of the negativity is created obviously it's actually quite it's really bad the whole way through the chain um so I definitely have that you know where I'll be shopping in these in these usuals in Primani, H&M, you know wherever River Island all of these kinds of shops where it doesn't and, and it doesn't necessarily matter when you're going to high street and you have this even the difference in price range between Primark for example and River Island it's still being made in the same places. It's being made by the same, um, usually in sweatshops. I'm a, super aware of it, you know, if, if I want trainers, if I want my phone. Like a lot of some of the places that these things have come from or some elements of these products have come from are devastatingly bad, you know, it's slavery, murder, uh, forced labour. Um, people, the people who are making them have uh, like terrible pay. And even in regards to the markup then on the on the clothes, for example, it's it's just it's really it's really, really bad. But again, in our society where this is kind of how we live and these are our options, it's also like, what are your options? Like, can you are you capable of are you able to make your own clothes? Do you have that skill? Do you have the equipment you need to be able to do that? Do you have any awareness or ability to be able to get? Um, clean materials shall we say materials that have come from a sustainable place um, I don't even know mm. where to really start doing doing that if I wanted to tomorrow make start making my own clothes I'd need to go to uni <laughs> to figure out how to do yeah, it yeah you'd need to learn to work a loop well going back to the beginning of the process you need to learn to forage or find the fibers mm-hmm. you'd need to learn how to dry and process the fibers you need to learn how to spin the fibers into thread you'd need to learn how to work a loom to create fabric using that thread you would then need to be able to know how to sew to stitch that thread together and maybe even pattern cut so you can cut out the patterns for that and then make the clothes and then when you've got holes in the clothes you've got to know how to repair those clothes and maintain those clothes that's so many processes and you know a single mother in wood green just (laughs) How are we meant to judge someone to have the time to learn all of that, to do all of that, or, you know, to find the money to buy these more eco brands? I've been, I am being inundated with the Reformation adverts, and I don't know if you're familiar with them as a brand. I think they're a more sustainable brand, so they claim to be slow fashion, 
these dresses are beautiful and I drool over them and they are like 300 pound a dress <laughs> in my head I'm like there is a universe there is a part of the universe in space and time where I'm buying these dresses and I'm not buying them frequently I just have a few nice ones in my wardrobe and I am cycling cycling them through winter through summer and like I'm not spending 300 pounds on a sustainable clothing dress right now like my money is going elsewhere my money is going to towards saving the land um, to saving for the land so so that right now is just not a possibility so there is this huge thing of like cost affordability for so many of us um who just don't have the um you know the the volition the will to be redirecting our concentrated life force which is all money is really this concentration of life force labor into a note I, I, I'm not going to do that right now it's not in my will right now to do that um, um, I went um, for two years I went no fast fashion so I would only buy all of my clothes from charity shops so I guess in America that's thrift, so- thrift stores in Australia that's op shops so I would be buying everything second hand and it was going okay for a bit but I started to notice that even the stuff in there was coming from H&M was coming from Primark you know you had to go to really fancy areas like Chiswick or Chelsea to be able to find the good quality clothes that would last longer so you're not just contributing to fast fashion but in a different way under a different branding and you know they stick a bloody premium on those things I know. In the past, or I guess charity shop clothes weren't that popular because I've always, I've always done charity shop clothes because I've always had a fascination for vintage clothes. If you look back at any of my old photos when I was like sixteen, um, I'd be like full vintage, dressed up like you know, with the whole victory rolls, like the red lipstick. That was my look. Love it, <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah. So I used to, I used to go out and buy a lot. Of, I've, I've just very used to buying secondhand clothes, but there's definitely you're seeing this decline in quality because everything that is just going into these charity shops are things from fast fashion and then you end up in the same position anyway because you've bought this secondhand thing that was originally Primark and it's got holes in it um, after a while or it gets a stain on it because it's such a crappy polyester fabric it's difficult to get the stain out next thing you know it's another house rag so you end up in the same position because what am I meant to do with that I can't give it back to the charity shop especially if it's damaged, it goes into landfill. And when it goes into landfill, it goes somewhere else in the world where it's just clogging up the earth there. I've seen these horrible piles of clothes in Chile where they're just like thrown into the desert with tags on, with tags on, just because, you know, they didn't sell. And when they don't sell, they just throw them, throw them anywhere. It's just ridiculous. And then thinking about the process of, clothes the process of fast fashion i'm sort of taken in my mind back to the ideas of like more african concepts more folk concepts that i think span across quite a few different cultures this idea of when you're sewing you're sewing intention into the clothes so once again we come back to this idea of as we create something whether it's food, whether it's clothes, we're manifesting, we're intending as we sew. Um, did you read the Scarlet Letter? Wasn't there a character, like at school, there was a character in the, it, it's this book about a single mother um, in medieval, I'd say after medieval times, like I think witch hunt times, where she was basically, she was a single mother, and so she was treated like shit. And... Um, I think there was a, she wasn't able to sew veils for women getting married because it was considered as a single mother that she would be sewing that, her energy, her force into the veils. So this is something within like European culture and it's definitely within other folk cultures across the world where, you know, you've got to like, even when you're sewing certain things, you've got to drop a stitch or like stitch the direction 
differently so you're not sewing your soul into the fabric so we have a lot of law around this idea of sewing intention into fabric um sewing will into fabric which um you know it seems like a really fantastical idea but when you apply it to how the original computers were made they actually hired like little old women to sew circuit boards because when you look at how they're sewn um elements in them are sort of like they're like wefted like you would be knitting because if you're comparing the idea of knitting you know when you knit you have two stitches you knit and you purl so i think one i think knit is where it's sort of like um proud of the surface and purling it is like depressed of the surface that's ones and zeros so essentially as you're you're knitting you're programming Uh, so, so there's this whole like founded in science idea that as you're sewing a mesh it becomes this energetic thing it literally becomes an energetic thing that we use to you know um power computers so it isn't just once again woo woo we can see the practical applications of it um how the spiritual and the secular work together so when you're wearing something from primark and someone's made this in a sweatshop who has been so who has been sewing your garment and what are they sewing into the garment are they sitting there going oh i fucking hate my life oh i hate this job oh i'm in so much pain oh this is horrible and they're sewing that into it and then you go back a step to the person who you know has made the fabric or maybe it's even made by a machine or a computer where there's literally no energy being put into this thing or even negative energy being put into this thing and then going back a step further to where we get the fabric from are we getting wool from a terrified sheep are we collecting cotton um using slave labor or uh, modern day slave labor or very very low paid labor which to me is slave labor and what are they thinking what are they doing as they pick these things because we know in animism if we're going out and about and we're picking medicines you know in some cultures you have to sing songs as you're picking things or you have to thank the thing as you're picking it is there anyone thanking the cotton as they're picking the cotton to go into your jumper no that's not happening so what's happening to this energetic chain as you go down the line and then you stick this seemingly normal jumper on from primark how much negativity has already been sewn into that and then how does that mesh with your aura with your psyche did are you, are you having a bad day did you get out of the wrong side of bed or the sheets in your bed <laughs> woven with misery like what is it and mic drop babe you summed <laughs> it up 100% and these are all I feel like even when you're speaking about it, I, I personally find it so hard to almost like I accept it but there's this place in me that wants to fight it because of the level of because when you go back through the entire chain and then you go like many things in our society the whole chain is fucked it Mm. it isn't necessarily the best kind of feeling but I definitely have become so aware of that since I started um doing my leather working and everything that I make has to be so if I'm stitching it's just like a natural thing stitching with intention like you can just feel the weaving that you're creating putting and then you're putting it into into these fabrics or can i just jump in here nikki has made me a medicine pouch which she stitched with her bare hands and i swear this thing is so magical anything that i go in that goes into this seems to be like amplified tenfold and i really put it down to this beautiful like medicine pouch that you've made i love that i'm so glad that it works for you i really really does it's amazing I really did. I really was very focused with that one for sure. I feel like you. I felt like you deserved the best, the best that I could possibly offer you. Um, so I'm really glad Thank that you. you use it and it works for you. It's it's also like it's so like when you were talking about, for example, okay, so how would we do this? We'd go back. You'd have to forage your fibers, like learn how to loom. I felt very excited by that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to be able to do that. I want to learn how to loom. That's the next course. <laughs> 
it's like, again, it's just this whole thing. It's exactly the same as food. It's like, who has the time? You know, I don't, there's no part of me that wishes that we were back 200 years. Not at all. But there's a, a place where maybe there were some elements of life. I don't believe in gender roles. Like, so that is no one saying at all. But when in a situation where in a family, one person stays at home and runs the house and one person potentially goes mm-hmm. out to work, um, mm-hmm. those kind of things I feel like that are necessary in a way to be able to have the time. You know, if somebody is at home and their job is to run the house, then they are able to keep on top of all of those things, the cooking, the cleaning, the creating of clothes even maybe. Um, it's when you have to mix both together where you have like your work life which is normally, you know, I mean, for most people who live in London, it's not around the corner, is it? You know, I think no, most people... You take a half-hour tube or an hour tube into the middle hey, of London. Yeah. I'm taking, like, 90-minute journeys to teach someone yoga for an hour. Like, so it's this... It's, it's that thing. I know, I know. I need to get some... I need to move to, like, a better area where the people are. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, the amount of time that you expend... Um, just getting together in life and just doing bits and going around and whatever it really takes away from from the space to be able to do this stuff I mean I'm constantly again we were talking about this yesterday me and Jay like about routine and actually like Mm. I know for us and quite a few people I know routine is actually a really challenging thing to set up um in my brain, like, you know, it'd be great to be able to have this amazing routine where I'm getting like a good 14 hours of like doing out of my day, but it's, it's so incredibly hard. Um, not impossible, Mm. but difficult. Um, and I think, I think with all of this stuff, with the fart, with fast, the fast life, shall we say, like, um, I feel like you have to also be kind to yourself. So if you can, for me, if I can make the choices to go to the farmer's market rather than to go to like Sainsbury's sometimes that's a good thing for me to do I can't always afford to go to the farmer's market you know I can't always afford to buy organic like and that's another thing this stuff you know tends to because it's kind of because it's fashionable to be vegan to be eco to be organic you know even though essentially they're putting less stuff into that stuff it tends to the price markup is so much higher that they rob you they rob you man like exactly so what you do what you can that's that's kind of what my philosophy in life is at the moment because I've beaten myself down about it in so many ways over so many years and sometimes you just have to take it slow do what you can do Mm. um and I feel like especially when it comes to your spirituality um when it comes to you know around your practices and stuff I feel like this is the place where I try and integrate it the most so if I'm uh, doing ritual or I'm going to do my meditation or my, you know, whatever it is that day, whatever workings I'm going to do, then I try and eat well and light before I do that. So I'm not going to have my muck plant before I sit and meditate, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try and have (laughs) something light and fresh and natural. Um, Same with, same with uh, like your tools and things that you you use for your practices like it's really great to be able to create those things yourself rather than buy them because then you can really set your intention with those things um yeah it's my word of the year of well you know 2021 2022 balance 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 you do it yeah i think what you can do in this 21st century of life is to find balance find balance where you can recognize where you know perhaps your mental health isn't isn't so happy this day and taking the time around that to rebalance yourself because when you rebalance yourself you know by going for a walk or by putting your feet on the earth for grounding just by being in nature you're able to sort of find that balance again and you know maybe maybe one day you are having to go to your local fast food outlet to get food and maybe you know you are all you can afford to do that month is to buy something from a fast fashion brand um i guess it's about taking the opportunities where you you can you know 
do the opposite of those things that's where you start to integrate more of these like calm slow spiritual practices into your life you can't beat yourself up about having to be involved in this material world because unfortunately it just it it just drags so many people in it's it's such a succubus of a society that it can be really difficult to escape the fast life it really can I think the more forgiveness you give yourself the more you give yourself the mental space to be able to go like actually I can make a small change here like if the only thing I do this month is make sure that I'm not buying like five dresses from Boohoo but I'm going to like perhaps an a nicer area where they have a charity shop where I can find something that's made with like real materials and I'm going to buy that one thing instead and I'm going to vow to go into my wardrobe and while I'm watching my Netflix I'm going to sew up a couple of holes in a couple of other things that I already have and I'm just going to choose to re-wear that like there's like these little ways that you can do that And then as you're like repairing your clothes, you're stitching your intentions into the clothes. You're speaking to the clothes with care. You're, you're, you know, speaking life over it. You're speaking life over your food. I think that's what we, we can start to incorporate in the 21st century life. Um, And hopefully, you know, these things for me, actually, they, they make my soul feel a little better. And each thing I do that makes my soul feel a little better, it seems to have like a big effect down the line. You can't see these little things at first because you're too close to it. When you look back a year or even me looking at the two years where I was buying secondhand clothes, I can see how like, yeah, I, I developed a consciousness about how I consume and that's given me a sense of awareness and connectedness to other people I never had before. You know, that I'm now able to come on to this episode and talk to you about the intentions of cloth, cloth making. Like, I can talk to you about this now because I've had the time to ponder about it, ponder about the supply chain. It's given me a wisdom. Um, and that that's all you can hope to do, I think. Like, slowly build up your wisdom oh, and it is slowly it is slowly it is. you can't just download all of this into your brain integration can take a long time oh my god don't even get me started on integration <laughs> um so what do you do then to slow down i think there are well, let's take something that seems like a really frivolous moment because I'm sure every one of us has one of these. It's like watching mindless television or Netflix and chill, whatever. Instead of binge watching five shows that evening, do four. <laughs> do four. Spend a bit of extra time thinking about your food as you're making it. You know, I know it, it seems like, oh, that, that seems like a long time to be, you know, thinking about the food. A show's an hour, a show is 20 minutes, you know. This this all adds up. Reduce the amount of time that you're spending consuming all of this programming. You're spending flicking on Instagram. And even if it is just five minutes a day in the first week that you gain back for yourself to be thankful for things do that I think that's the smallest way that you can do it another thing I really like the idea of is this idea of body scanning Mm. which is the idea of or the concepts of perceiving and feeling your body but from inside so you'll close your eyes and you'll like bring an awareness to your hand and at the moment I can tell you that I can feel like inside of my hand it feels warm it feels a bit itchy on the inside but I've got an awareness of where my hand is and how it's feeling and just spending three minutes detecting the hands from the inside this seems like it it may seem pointless like what is this actually going to do to slow me down 
it it really does bring your awareness back to your sense of self Mm. and when you can start building on this practice you can actually start to feel energetically in your body like what it's feeling you can actually if you get really good at this and you can feel how the emotions are moving around in your body and when you do that you can get to a place where you understand what your body needs and a lot of the time it always comes back to slowness for me Mm. that or actually you're not craving the McPlant you really just need some cucumber and hummus you know (laughs) it's like I'm hungry what does the body want (laughs) not what do I want what does the body want so it's taking the time three or five minutes to have those little practices thinking about the things you're doing what would you suggest I mean I'm I'm in the same place that you you are darling I love me a body scan of mudra yeah um yeah it, it is it's like it's the intention like you have to have that intention to slow down so I'm I have like really bad anxiety so for me even with all of uh, this experience of these things that I've learned that I teach um it is still quite a process to even accept that I want to slow down you know but things like that so mm-hmm. sitting still and just like just for a minute sitting still and just focusing on your breath or lying mm-hmm. down and doing a body scan body scans are some of the best things because they work they work so well because your mind is focused you know so if we just sit there and go okay I'm just going to slow down then that is you know unless you're a master meditator that that ain't going to happen like you have to tire your mind out because your mind is the thing that's going fast so with things like body scan because it zones your your concentration your focus in so specifically at to one part of your body to feeling or becoming aware of that part of the body it's an amazing technique um to to use even things like um so I used to have like I mean I very rarely get public transport now but I would have Mm. the most severe panic attacks on public transport and again it's like when you're in spaces like that that can be triggering or really encourage that energy of like that fast and that anxiety just doing anything that refocuses your mind from that feeling is is great so looking around and just looking at all the colors that are around you so kind of focus okay there's gray here white black your mind's immediately taken off to somewhere that where you can slow it down um all of those things are great and sometimes I think even you know there's this whole conversation about mindfulness now which is obviously being used by the NHS and I think it's wonderful um it's a wonderful thing to do um and this is all kind of kind of on that level of mindfulness of just kind of being aware but also I find mindfulness very difficult like I find it much easier to to lie down and do yoga nidra where where something is being very directed where my mind has to be where my mind has to get tied out and so when I'm teaching nidra that's literally what the body scan does you know I mean there are many levels of training your awareness and everything that come with that with with the body scan but it is for the majority of people that I'm teaching, it is literally just to wear their, their brain out. I'm going fast. Finger, thumb, hand, wrist. And your mind just keeps up with it. And that then slows you down. Um, so there are lots of things. And I think it's it's a lot about intention as well. So yeah, just to have that intention that you are going to appreciate your food today or appreciate one meal or one bite of your food today is a useful thing you know and sometimes it can be all it intention is kind of all you have um and you may feel like you haven't really got to that place where you slow down or you've really fully been in that place of appreciation but if your intention is there it's just one step closer wise wise words nicola very wise words well thank you i think (laughs) this is as good a place as any um to come to the end of this episode no we're really keen to hear your thoughts on what you do to slow down like what do you do to remove yourself from the fast life and come back to self um do let us know on instagram at the afro animist podcast um we'd be delighted to hear from you I'm Jay Percy, the artist. 
and I'm Nicola. And tune in again next week. Thank you for listening. 